Good morning, friends. Welcome along to episode 13. 13. Sweet tea and we made coffee. It. We, we made it. We've this, been here. This is 13, it. <laughs> yeah, this is it. This is our final. No, I'm just kidding. Not the final episode. Man, I hope you enjoyed last week. We had an absolute blast chatting with Bryn Williford. And uh, I'm just telling you, we have loved the interview versions of this. You just never know what you're going to get. Never know what you're going to get. It's, it's amazing. amazing. Yeah. And uh, so, But unfortunately, we're not doing that today. So you yeah. are stuck with us. You're going to hear a little bit of my story and, and how I got here and some of that backstory and some kind of interesting things regarding leadership that in reflecting on this, we've come up with. So stick around. Episode 13. All right. Well, let's go, folks. I like That's hard to say. Let's go, folks. Is that going to be your line from now on? No, it's not. I actually stole that from another podcast. If you listen to that podcast, oh, no. you'll know what I'm talking about. John Kennan, you know what I'm talking about. I'm going to put a shout out in there for wow. him. Wow. It's episode he, 13. He texted some... me last night. It was like, you've got to work that into the podcast. So I don't yeah. know. Like, it doesn't, I don't know that it fits you. It doesn't. I, I actually I like folks. Fit I like well. well. I like hello, folks. I think that that. Fits I don't me a know. More. It just doesn't. It doesn't roll off your tongue. It's not super smooth. It, it's not. I don't know if it's smooth for. I think that's the point. I don't think it's supposed to be smooth. I don't know. Anyway, well, 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 if you want to write in and tell us what well, you think, you we're, go ahead. we're gonna we're gonna continue with what we <laughs> <laughs> with this episode and not chase that rabbit trail any further. So it's it's uh we're coming up on a milestone. Uh, November is. 10 years that Kendall has been at Fredonia Hill. Oh, yeah. And then as soon as as soon as soon he hits that milestone, we're going to kick him out the door. That's right. And he's going to go on sabbatical. We'll talk about that more later. But we thought it'd be kind of cool to to reflect on how he even got here. So yeah. that's where we're going to start today. Kendall's been all over the, the country and the world. He's a world traveler. <laughs> oh, easy. I don't know. And, uh, you know, he's been foreign and exotic places like West Texas and Missouri, and now here in Nacogdoches. So uh, we wanted to kind of take a look at some of those those areas and and see kind of what God was up to in those moments and how he got here. So let's just, uh, let's just start. I'm, I'm always intrigued by West Texas because I don't understand it. Um, yeah. You know, I enjoy, I, I went out to West Texas last year. Now, not the same part as you're talking about. This would actually had a little more terrain to it. Had mountains and hills. Well, I mean, West Texas and it was nice, has a variety. Of but terrain. it was like about a week into it, I was like, "Okay, where are the trees? I'm ready to get, be back home." Yeah. You know, so let's start there because I'm always intrigued by West Texas. Yeah. So we know that you grew up in Love. Well, I'm not sorry. You grew up in Midland. Midland yeah. And then went to Dallas Fort Worth area, and then back to Lubbock for college. That's right. Then what? Well, so yeah, so. You know, West Texas is kind of always in my blood, and so we grew up Red Raider fans, and so it's kind of always just, I'm going back to Lubbock for school. Never really thought much uh, about it. So anyway, did my undergrad at Tech. That's where Lindsay and I met. We've covered that ground on the right. podcast before. But, I, I, you know, in high school, I had, you know, people describe it as a, a, a sense of a call to ministry, and, and some people are a little bit more clear on that than others. I, I had no idea in terms of right. what does that actually look like? Uh, I've talked to people before, and I'm always amazed at this. And, and it, 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 there's no right or wrong. It's just interesting, the different journeys. But where people have this call to ministry, and they know, I want to be in youth ministry, or I mm-hmm. want to be a pastor, or I want to be... I did not have 
any clarity right. on, I just knew, I just had a sense that God was calling me to ministry. What does that look like? And, uh, and then had a, an interesting meeting with a guy. I got invited to a Bible study uh, at this, this couple's house and was sitting in the living room. And I'd met this guy a couple of times. I'd been to the Bible study a couple of times and just had this very real sense of, of God nudging me to say, listen, the guy that was leading the, the Bible study, he's a, he was a pastor. And to say, you know, you need this guy to invest in your life. You don't have, mm-hmm. you don't have anybody that is really deeply investing in your life right now. No, no other man that is really deeply investing in your life right now. And this is a guy that needs to do that. So I kind of sum it up the courage. And this was during my, I was finishing up my undergrad. Lindsay and I were either engaged at this point or about to get engaged and we were already dating. And uh, so anyway, I summoned up the courage to go, okay, I don't really know you, but I just feel like I need some uh, mentorship, some guidance, some counseling. I just, I need a friend. And I think a lot of that's because of, you know, we, we've covered it in previous episodes. That's always been part of my life. Right. And so I think that for a span of three years, I didn't have that. And so anyway, I, I reached I just I asked him what uh, that would look like. And he just kind of immediately took me under his wing. And we started meeting on a weekly basis and studying scripture together and starting a, a friendship. And that blossomed over the next few years into he got an opportunity. This was such a neat story. He got an opportunity to pastor a church in a town that he lived in, that he grew up in, and that his parents uh, yeah. were in. A tiny little town called Sundown, called Sundown America. And, uh, and, it, and he, <laughs> Sundown America. Yeah, that's right. Sundown okay. America. It's not Sundown, Texas. It's Sundown America. And uh, anyway, he'd grown up there and pastored for a short stint. It's a very small town, so did some bivocational ministry stuff, worked in the oil field, and then got the opportunity uh, after he'd retired from the oil field to come back and pastor this uh, this little church. But before that, uh, and that's where I really, that's the first time I stepped into vocational ministry. He, he asked me to be the youth pastor there. But before that, we were doing this little house church in Lubbock while I was a, uh, a an undergrad, finishing right. up my undergrad. And part of my, I guess, vocational development was just, he just in pastoring this church, he just invited me in to help him do it and made me, you know, it's a house church. So part of staff, that's a, that's a pretty strong term for what we were doing, but just said, look, these young men need to be invested in you invest in these young men. He let me preach. Uh, he let me, uh, help think through just theologically, uh, what, what should church look like? He helped me make, you know, decisions. And it was really, it was really a powerful time. He just, handed me the keys. I didn't know at the time, I didn't have any sense at the, at the time of really what was going on, Right. but he was very intentionally and methodically giving me an opportunity to explore what God might be doing in my life and watching the whole time. And uh, so anyway, we did the house church for, uh, for a couple of years. And then there was a short stint where he was transitioning from that house church to being the pastor at this, at the church in sundown where I actually got to pastor as basically like an interim job. I got to pastor this house church yeah. for a short time. So that was wild. I yeah. mean, a, a kid, I'm a kid, you know? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so pastored this house church, which was amazing. 
and uh, and then became youth pastor in Sundown under his leadership. And the and much of the same. I mean, I got to preach often yeah. and be involved in a whole lot more than than youth ministry. So, uh, man, it was a it was an incredible several years uh, being under his leadership, and is still a, a wonderful friend and mentor today. And uh, but that that was kind of the West Texas the West Texas story and pastor there. It was, it was a cr- amazing season. So many things happened in our life. This is where uh, we met uh, our daughter who is in our youth group that we mm-hmm. eventually adopted. Um, I feel like I got to see and explore a call to ministry in a really unique way because of the opportunities that, that he gave. And in the town that we were in sundown is an amazing uh, and unique place. And so it was just a, there was a lot of formation happening. And all the while, I had no idea. It still was not clear to me what I wanted to be when I grew up. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, you, know you were doing that, you were doing ministry and doing yes. things, but it wasn't like, oh, this is it. Yeah. And never at any point did I go, okay, I'm doing youth ministry now, but just wait, I'll be a right. pastor someday. Yeah. You know, I just had no, and it may sound terrible. I had no climb the ladder career ambition. And I'm not saying that I that I had a level of clarity to know that I, I didn't want that at the time. I think I was just still learning how mm-hmm. to discern God's call, and uh, so I just I didn't I didn't have that, and uh, so I was just kind of wandering along, just kind of taking in all that ministry was and under His leadership, and uh, so it was a it was a really formational time. It, it didn't last uh, but a few years. It was a short stint in our life. It was a couple of years. Yeah, but. so that's interesting. So it eventually comes to an end. You're not still there yeah. right now. And you pivoted and transitioned to into a different direction, a really kind of unique yeah. position. So tell, tell me how that happened. Well, this is an interesting turn in the story because, and again, all this is in reflection. You know, you don't know these things at the time. I was growing restless and and I would say I would even use the word discontent. Hmm. I was I was discontent, and a lot of that, Blake, a lot of that was stemming from I would say some pride. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, just a discontentedness. Well, if you sit in that very long, you become very ineffective in oh, ministry. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I, honestly, looking back, I think that that level of discontentedness was going to over you know a period of time going to cause me to be uh, ineffective and apathetic in the place that I that I was and and God had to root that out if if my life was going to be filled with ministry that's going to have to go mm-hmm. and uh, and I think it's one of those deals where God says it can it can go by me telling you about it and then you repenting or it can go the hard way and uh, <laughs> and I think God probably told us about it and it, and yeah okay whatever but I wasn't interested in much change, and so it kind of had to go the hard way. Well, I had a good friend that I'd known from Midland days who was running a a very interesting ministry that the idea of this ministry was that they would come alongside uh, different ministries that were either startup or that were struggling. And they would come alongside those ministries, and they would either try to get them off the ground, and they would help. Uh, it was basically personnel help. So that he would help uh, pastor these folks, encourage these folks, supply some maybe personnel if they needed uh, just different people on the ground to get things going or to recover, would supply that. And so it was a small team, but they would work with everything from uh, bands, 
to youth groups, right. to churches, to illusionists. And, uh, and anyway, one of the things that they were wanting to do is they were wanting to start a training school where the idea was that after kids graduated high school, they would go take a year and be at this training school and they were getting off the ground. And I heard about that and, uh, and I wanted to be involved. Yeah. Sounds fun. It sounds fun. And it, it matched my heart, I think for ministry and wanting to train people, but it also, it also kind of gave me an escape and hmm. a, you know the grass is always greener kind of thing, right? And it kind of s- satisfied this discontentedness. Oh well, I'll just go do that. Well, the opportunity came, and uh, I, we got to move to Sweet Springs, Missouri. Now, for us, it wasn't a big deal. We were going from sundown to Sweet Springs, so a thousand town of a thousand people to a town of a thousand people. But it was in Missouri, yeah, and uh, we're not from Missouri, nor do we have any family in Missouri. <laughs> I mean, it, it was middle of nowhere. And very quickly after we got there, the progression of the school came to a screeching halt. There was all sorts of remodeling and stuff that had to happen. And so there was basically, I mean, long story short, there was not much, there was nothing for me to do. Hmm. So here we were, we'd resigned our job in sundown, got to Sweet Springs and fantastic people, wonderful people there. Uh, but it was like, okay, we got to get Kendall on a job. Something, gotta something. He's got to do something. And so the opening was to go on the road with an illusionist. <laughs> I wish I could see my face I when mean, this was pitched I'm, to me. I'm just seeing like Michael Scott with his like fire coming out of his hands and <laughs> the fake bird and the wand. Yeah. Well, I had no idea. I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about <laughs> magic or illusion or, you know, showmanship or anything. I mean, whatever. So... But my job was going to be, uh, and this guy, the, the illusionist, uh, had a phenomenal ministry, uh, would go to college campuses uh, all over the country and did an incredible uh, illusionist show. But the concept was to go to college campuses and, and, and demonstrate to people that you can be deceived, that your mm-hmm. five senses can be deceived. Right. And what's the only way that you really know the truth? And the only way you really know the truth is if the if the author comes out from behind the curtain and reveals Shows you. truth because yeah. you can be deceived by what you see. It was, it was amazing. Uh, and I, and anyway, he's, he's a cool, really cool guy and, and has done a lot of really cool stuff in ministry, but that was the, that was the gig. And, uh, he needed somebody to basically be like a road manager, road pastor yeah. and also be part of the show. <laughs> so here comes Kendall. You're, you're the assistant. Yeah, I'm the assistant. <laughs> so I did everything from, uh, now, I didn't coordinate travel or anything, but when we were there, I was the liaison between uh, between this guy and whoever we were working for, uh, and I was part of the show. Like, I was the MC of the show, <laughs> and uh, which, which was great. But what was so cool, I think, about that was that we were traveling. I mean, I was, I was gone three or four days a week, every week, and that was really hard. Yeah. We had just uh, had Shiloh, an adopted oh, daughter yeah. who was a senior in high school. And we that was that was hard for us to move that mm-hmm. far away from even her home, and uh, and she was right. a trooper and came with us and uh, for her senior year of high school it was really there was it was a lot of strain I was gone four days a week and um, but I I basically traveled the country and visited you know over the course of a year and a half or whatever a lot of college campuses we would do two or three shows a week yeah and I had no ambition at the time to be a college pastor or whatever I yeah. just was doing. Here's the opportunity, and this yeah. is what I'm, yeah. And so, but we but we would travel all over the place, and I got to see the entire landscape, basically, of collegiate ministry uh, through through the whole 
country over this over this year and a half. But man, I want to just tell you, it was the it's one of the hardest stretches of life uh, that we've that we've worked through because it didn't satisfy yeah. discontentedness. It didn't. Uh, I mean, I was working and I was grateful for work for sure, but I was gone from my family mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, being on the road is not easy. It's it's that's a strain anyway. Even if you want to be there, I but mean, yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And what was what was really cool, and and this is be, going to become a pattern. But the guy that was in charge of the ministry, not the illusionist, but the guy that was in charge of the ministry in Missouri, I think really saw at that point that I was there for something very different than you know, building this ministry and being there long-term. I think he saw that God needed to work some things out in me. And so he, he knew that I was frustrated, that I was anxious, that I was, and he had the wisdom and the patience to just kind of go, okay, I'm with you and I want to encourage you, but I'm not taking you out of this. Yeah. God has something for you here. And if you don't hang in here long enough, you're going to miss it. And so it was, it was the scenario. God had to take us all the way to Missouri in the freezing cold and for me to be on the rain or on the road, uh, you know, that long mm-hmm. to finally go, okay, there's some stuff in my heart that I need I to deal work with. Out. Yeah. And, and it was the first time, you know, in three years that I'd really come before God and go, okay, I got a, I got a pride issue. Like I, I've got a, I got some stuff that you need to work out in me. I've got a false view of what this is supposed to look like and and my role in it and 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 God, I need I need you to deal with some of this. And I, and we embraced that and massive credit to Lindsay, you know, she was right there the whole the whole way and encouraging and never frustrated, mm-hmm. you know, in it, but I had to come before God and go, okay, the most important thing that can happen right now is not me being effective in this ministry or doing, you know, the most important thing that can happen right now is for you to deal with me the way you want to deal with me, for you to root out the things you need to root out. And um, so when I embraced that, it did not get easier. Yeah. We were still on the road and, but I had a clarity that I'd not had in years. And I knew that what God needed to do, I wanted him to do and whatever that, whatever that cost. And that was really important to, yeah, co- I mean, to come you, to that I mean, place. Your circumstances don't necessarily change. You're, I mean, you're still doing the same things, but it's just with a different outlook and absolutely. attitude about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what's interesting is that after about six, eight months of that process, the ministry opportunity there kind of dried up and... It was a contract deal. Yeah. Um, the way they had to work, they had to work basically year to year. Mm-hmm. Who, do, who do they need? Who do they not need? And there was the school wasn't ready, and uh, I wasn't I wasn't going to do the illusionist thing again. And so it was like, okay, there's really nothing. What's next? Yeah. yeah. Either you need to kind of say this is the role I'm going to play in this ministry, and here's what I'm going to do, or it probably needs to be over. And so that was going away. I had nothing, but man, Blake, there was a for the first time in years, there was a peace and a contentedness Hmm. that I had not experienced before. I wasn't necessarily worried about it. Um, I knew that God was having his way in me the the way that he needed to. And there was just this profound sense of, okay, God's 
got this and whatever kind of needs to come about will come about. And it was not super long after that that I got a random email from yeah. a guy named Pat Kelly uh, from Nacogdoches. So that's interesting. That just comes, an email just shows up from a person you have, no, you have no idea who this person is. No clue. I'd never met Pat before. Pat was, just for those of you listening, Pat was a pastor here at Fredonia Hill and uh, before, before I was. And so this email comes across and he basically says, hey, uh, our wives went to high school together and we've been kind of tracking your journey through social media. And mm-hmm. this is when I was still on social media still, when I was on the grid still young and hip and cool and and you know we've seen all this college ministry that, that you've been doing and we're familiar with the ministry they had interacted with uh, with the ministry before and we're we've just arrived here in Nacogdoches and we we really want to invest in college students here is it something that you would be interested in looking at and here's the funny part of this story is that I didn't know who he was and so I took that email home and kind of blew it off. Like I just went, yeah. Lens, I got this random email. Uh, it's kind of weird. Like, I don't know this guy. I don't know Nacogdoches. Mm-hmm. This is kind of weird. You know, I don't know. I'm just not, not really even good. Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. Kind of deal. And this is where we need our, you know, our wives, uh, <laughs> where the Holy Spirit works for our wives. And Lindsay just kind of in her own sweet way, she said, no, I think that's really important. And I think you need to think about Wow. responding differently. Uh, I think, I think God may have something for us there. And, uh, so anyway, long story, even longer, I, I just, uh, I reached back out to Pat and they were so gracious and hosted us for a weekend. We just said, can we come see Nacogdoches? You know, I'm from West Texas. I'm from the desert. I've never <laughs> been East of Tyler. Yeah. Uh, so they invited us down. We got to come see, they hosted us and got to come see, and man, we just immediately just fell in love with this community. Yeah. Um, the church was great and but we didn't know anybody there but just this community. And so that's that's how we arrived. We you know obviously went through the interview process and I had never once thought I want to be a college pastor but here I was through this very strange set of circumstances stepping into the job as college pastor and with a clarity and a contentedness that I'd never had before. Which was cool because I needed that. Had I not gone to Missouri. Right. Well, and I just think from an experience standpoint, I mean, I think it's huge. You briefly mentioned it, but just all the different college campuses you visited all over the nation. Yeah. I have experience with like three college campuses, yeah. and they're pretty local, you know. So to, right. to see kind of how ministry was happening and how students were responding in different places is incredible experience for collegiate ministry, which right. at the time you probably had no idea you were no in that direction. Yeah, I not, did not know at the time I was training for that. But yeah, it was a perspective. And it, and honestly, what had happened over that, was that year and a half that I was traveling uh, with the illusionists was I just, I really fell in love with college students. Yeah. You know, I, I saw, man, they, they are so hungry for truth. Um, I saw that. I saw a willingness and an openness to dialogue and have discussion and search and, uh, and I just went, man, this is fertile ground for the gospel and just really fell in love with that yeah. stage of life and, and ministry in there and then got to do that. Um, but again, had no career clarity, even stepping into that college, a pastor position here in Nacogdoches had no real career clarity. Didn't, didn't think, Oh, okay, I'm going to do this for a while. And then I'm going to be a pastor. Right. I was just yeah. Wow, I'm doing college ministry, and I love this, and I mm-hmm. love teaching, and love you know. Had no uh, 
career ambition up to that point, which is interesting. But it was a great, a great seven years of doing that. Wow, seven years. Yeah, I think that's about right. I think it's about seven Somewhere years of college ministry. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. So. I, I, I'll say this. I remember when you first came here. I wasn't Uh-oh. at Fredonia at the time. I was still at First Baptist. And I was at noon lunch one day at the BSM. And you came in with like some real hip hat on, I remember. Oh, yeah. You, you always had these really fly hats that you wore out on the that's fly. Right. That's what we. The, that's the language we used back in the there day. There we go. But I, I remember somebody, I was like, who's that guy over there? And somebody was like, oh, that's Kendall McDonald. He's the new college pastor. Yeah. And then I was like, okay. We'll see about that. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, that's what you said. <laughs> no, but I, we'll I just remember. That. That. Yeah, I'll I, take him I, out. I remember seeing you from a distance. That's and then funny. The short, shortly after, I Yeah, because you moved town. to Houston. Yeah. yeah, it was not long after that. So That's funny. Because I, I think at that point, I was just curious because I had, I had, and we'll get into this later, but I had done some interim work here at Fredonia Hill. And then, which we did not overlap. We didn't which overlap is crazy. somehow. Yeah, yeah. I didn't but, know. I didn't know you who you were until we were interviewing. Yeah, you for the job. I say we. I wasn't, but till our church was interviewing you for the job, which is yeah. crazy. We almost we were in the same room, and didn't yeah didn't connect. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean that was that was the extent of. I, I just remember that. I mean, I like. I mean, we like it yesterday. It's like yeah, ten years ago. But yeah, um, yeah. that's funny. So yeah, so seven years. I mean, I did seven years of college ministry, and again, and I think this is the theme. This is what's cool. As I look back on all these different leaders at different points in my life, you know, Pat never, he never really just put me in a box and said, "Okay, you're going to do college ministry. You're only going to do college ministry." I think he recognized, okay, these are his gifts and strengths and passions, and he turned me loose to explore those. Yeah. Pat gave me all sorts of opportunity to get outside the box. Pat let me preach mm-hmm. often. Uh, Pat was always really open about um, decision-making and listen to my opinion, even though I'm sure there were times where it was like, what is this guy <laughs> thinking? And um, I don't know. I just So I'm just really grateful, all three of those guys, really, for the way that, you know, I, I've kind of, using this phrase, formational leadership. But I think they had a sense of, like, it's not my job to make him who God wants him to be. That's mm-hmm. God's job. And I'm going to serve, I'm going to love him and serve him by giving the opportunity to explore right. that and encouraging him along the way. And, man, I think that takes such humility to do that. And so all three of those guys, I give huge credit to even helping me come to a place where I would even be able to discern God saying, that he was calling me to, to pastor. Had they not yeah, given me yeah. those opportunities, I don't think I would have had any idea. Um, so anyway, that was, it was, it, and, and it wasn't, you know, I didn't have that kind of clarity until really until after uh, Pat had already announced uh, that, that he was transitioning uh, back to uh, Weatherford area to, to plant a church. And uh, that I went, and I'd read I'd read a book by Eugene Peterson, which we mentioned a few, mm-hmm. and I, it was the first time. It was that late in the game. It was the first time that I went. Wait a minute, God, are you? Is that who I am? Like, right. is that who you are is calling it, me yeah, to be? Is this is, what this, is, you've been preparing me for? Yeah, unknowingly, all unknowingly, this time? is this kind of where I'm gonna I'm gonna end up landing? It's a strange winding road. But again, had those guys not given me opportunities like they did. Yeah. Uh, and it's challenged me even now, you know, going, okay, how am I, how am I participating in formational leadership? I can't make people who God's called them to be. Yeah. That's a really interesting 
uh, model of formational leadership? Because I think so often we think about when we're training young leaders, that's a, a big part of what we do here at Fredonia Hill yeah. is, um, you know, our tendency is to say, well, let me just tell you everything that I've learned yeah. and I want you to do it exactly like I've done it, you know, but that's not, that's not effective at all. I think this is a, to, to really just give them space, guide them and give them opportunities and, you know, but to give them space to really see how God is designing them to be a leader is that's huge. Yeah, I yeah, absolutely, and I think that's that is a you know I know it's super cliche, and I'm not trying to do that, but that I think in ministry, that's a servant leadership model. Yeah, and you know how am I serving young leaders? Well, I'm serving them by giving them opportunity. If God has given me a platform to steward, mm-hmm. how am I giving that away? Yeah in a way that allows God to form somebody else into who they are. That's how I can serve that cause. Not by making them who I am or not by telling them my ideas for their life, but by giving away what I have in a way that allows them to form and being a a friend to them as they go through that journey. Yeah. Because you're going to, you're going to need guardrails and you're going to need encouragement and you're going to need somebody to say, I don't know, have you thought about this? Yeah. And, that I, I really think is is effective. And that's what all three of those guys did in my mm-hmm. life. And they did it in different ways and at different seasons. One had to do it in a season where I was not happy uh, and I yeah. was frustrated and discontent. And he had to be comfortable in my discontentedness because he knew that God was at work. That's got to be hard, you know, to watch somebody kind of suffer in that but yeah. know what they'll get out of this, this is, is far more valuable right, than if I just the pulled them good. out of it. Yeah. yeah. That's exceptional wisdom and leadership. Absolutely. And so I don't know. I just, I, I hope to be that kind of, that kind of leader. It's what, it's what has allowed me to even see what God's got for me in my life. So yeah. anyway, that's kind of the journey. That's the long and the short of it. No, that's, uh, that's so here we are. Great. Been pastor since 2018, but been in Nacogdoches for coming up on 10 years. Yeah. That's cool. So what a, Long, strange journey it's been. It's a winding road, isn't it? It's a winding <laughs> road. So, All right. Well, that is. Uh, th- we're going to conclude there with Kendall's side of things, and uh, we're, we're, we're making this whole thing a two-parter. So the next part will be where we left off with me. Yeah. How did Blake arrive at Fernodia? How did I get here? And that's a fun story in itself. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Well, thank you. We're just going to cut it off. I'm going to cut him off there. We're, we're, thank you for listening. And, uh, and which is, we, we love having these, uh, these podcasts and we get so many fun responses. Uh, it's just really neat to see how uh, you guys are interacting and coming up to us and making comments and it's all been overwhelmingly good. And, and so just like to thank you for that. Um, and just, uh, we hope that we keep it going for you. As always, if you have any suggestions of, guests and topics we will gladly take those uh that that's less things that kindle have to try to figure out that's you, right. we just people just hand them to us and we were like oh yeah this is perfect so but we've got some exciting we, guests we've coming got up some, so i actually started a calendar of, of trying to figure out guests instead of just like a shoot from the hip thing we're gonna we're gonna get organized here guys we're 13 episodes in we're gonna get organized yeah and there's some good ones coming up so send us your emails stc at fredoniahill.org we'll see you guys soon adios see ya